Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Well, it's Super Team Sunday. I didn't say Super Bowl Sunday. I said Super Team Sunday. That's right. Super Team Sunday. It's where we promote and we focus our effort to making sure that everybody is on a ministry team here at the Calvary Church. Uh, We want everyone to participate on a ministry team at least once a month. That's our goal, that there are plenty of teams to be a part of that make Calvary awesome and make Calvary happen each week. And so uh, if you serve on a ministry team, let me just tell you, none of our ministry team leaders want me to say this, but I'm going to tell you, if you serve on a ministry team, you can switch what team you're on this Sunday. So if you're tired of being on the music team, get out. All right? If you want to be on the music team, you want to? Yeah, all right. Uh Uh-oh. We're all dressed down, and you can tell it's going to get chaotic before the end of the day. But if if you're on a ministry team or you sign up to be on a ministry team, Uh, We have a free mug for you, a Calvary Church mug that we'll give you. We'll make sure you stop by the Fellowship Hall. uh, Talk to the ministry team leaders if there's something that you're interested in. Make sure you pick up a ministry team catalog, and uh, we're going to just be great in 2022 this year and just have awesome ministries, and, and we want you to be a part of that. Our ushers are coming at this time. And they're going to give you a prayer card uh, today. It's a prayer and fasting card. And we are excited. Starting next Sunday, we are going to enter a week of revival with evangelist David Bryan. And so I want us to make ourselves ready and prepared for this through prayer and fasting. Starting Wednesday night after service, immediately following that service, all the way through Saturday evening, we will have 72 hours of focused prayer. You're more than welcome, and I invite you to come to the church for your time of prayer, and uh, we'll be able to facilitate that. But I'd, I would love to have those 72 hours covered in prayer here at the church. And uh, if you can fast any during that time, I want to encourage you to do that. That card is for you. You're not turning that card in. That's just for you to write on and remember on the back our uh, places for you to put uh, a prayer request. And, and so uh, before you leave this sanctuary today, my hope is that you will commit to be a part of prayer and fasting. I want every volunteer, ministry volunteer, everyone here today, I want you to be a part of our focus prayer and fasting as we get ready for our revival on Sunday morning. It'll be next Sunday morning and next Sunday night. And then we'll take the Monday off and then we'll have service on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Both of those services are going to start at 7 p.m. Everyone says 7 p.m. All right. So a little bit different than our normal midweek. But so Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday and Wednesday, I encourage you to just set a priority to be here for that revival. 
It would be an understatement today to say that this is a historic day for the city of Cincinnati. Can you believe it? The Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. They're facing the Los Angeles Rams in Super Bowl 56. Mike Tokash, thank you. Thank you for being brave today and, and representing, representing the other team. I'm not, I'm not as brave as Mike Tokash today. Uh, in fact, I, I honor Bishop Pasley II. There's no doubt what he would be wearing, what he would be doing. He'd probably have his Zubaz pants on, the stripes and the whole nine yards. But uh, right before the AFC Championship game, I, I said, you know what, I, I, I love Bishop Pasley. And I was going to Danny Sizemore's house to watch the game. And I thought, you know what, when in Rome. And the Bible does say, be all things to all men that you might win some. So today I did decide to represent a little bit today. We'll zip, we'll zip it up a little bit today. But for those of you who don't enjoy sports or football, number one, I apologize for this day. But today is a big deal. Of the top 27 events viewed in the United States, and the top 27 of all time viewed in the United States, 20 of those are Super Bowls. You have then a few others, I won't name them all, but you have Apollo Landing, that's kind of a big deal. Richard Nixon's resignation. <laughs> MASH's final ep episode. Anybody watch MASH, the final episode? I don't, I don't know, yeah, thank you, Bruce. And O.J. Simpson's police chase. <laughs> the Super Bowl is up there with all of those, those major events in the United States. Cincinnati Bengals last went to the Super Bowl in 1989, is that right? 33 years ago. And what is significant about this year and this year's team is that they were not considered to be contenders to even make the playoffs. They were young and inexperienced, and their talent was not considered to be on par with the rest of the division, at least on paper. And they were considered by many leading voices in the sporting world to be in a rebuilding phase, which simply means they were trying to build talent and experience so they could compete in the years to come. But that, of course, was the outside voices. And so... We'll play a little video. We've got the pieces. We've, we've gone out. We've got coaches that are, that are telling us what to do. We've got guys that have been in the system for long enough now to know exactly how to do things. We just got to go out there and do what we need to do. Why not us? Why not us? Yeah, I remember saying it, and yeah, it has kind of caught on a little bit and, and 
taking over. So um, it's not. It's kind of nice. AFC no chance, baby. Let's go. We're not done though. We're not done. I'm a huge soccer guy, and I followed. You know, my team is Chelsea, and um, I was on this London is Blue podcast, and they were saying kind of why not us? There's a bunch of turnover in the locker room. There's a bunch of new pieces and things like that. And you know, the way I view this team is kind of a similar way, right? We have new pieces. We have kind of, you know, a new turnover. We have a culture shift. And I felt that it applied, you know, perfectly to this team and, and what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go. You have to have that edge to you. You got to believe it or else it's never going to happen. You know, and it's not a false confidence or false bravado from our players. Um, we have the talent. We have guys that are willing to work. And so why not us? Second half down 14 nothing at halftime. All three phases stepped up. A lot of people from the outside always have their own opinions. I think the other three teams in the division are legit playoff contenders, and I think the Bengals are contending for a top five draft pick next year. To me, I'm like, look, all this outside noise is just that. We've got the pieces to, to make this run, so why, why don't we do it this year? Why not us in this particular moment go out, prove everyone wrong, put the city kind of on the map right now, give, us, give them something to, to root for and, and, and win. Hey man, listen, we got a bunch of playmakers in here. That's what we got to do all day. Make plays. Each and every one of us, we got to do what we got to do. Make plays. Come out of this with the win. Come out on top. That's it. That's it. I knew the kind of talent that we had from last year. I know the year before didn't go exactly as we planned, but you know, I knew the kind of people that we had and the people that we had brought in. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's what we live for, man. We could feel um, the growth of this team. We were having the right, the right people around. They were going to be able to make some additions in the offseason that would really help us. And these guys have just bought in. They've put in the work. They've been consistent with their effort and their leadership. Hey, AFC North, you already know where you got to go. Right here. Pass on us. We want that work. We want it all. You just look back at the confidence our players have. It's not fake. They've earned it. They put in the work. They've done it on the field on Sundays. And we need that to carry over right now in the playoffs. Why not us? Why not us right now? We are not getting done. This is not the standard. The standard is the Super Bowl. Let's go. Again, it's just, it's like, oh, why not just go out there and have a career game and break records and, and you know, again, why not win the Super Bowl? So this morning I want to preach to you on this subject, why not us? Why not us? us. Now, let's shift gears for a moment. It's going to be hard. We're going to go to the Bible. <laughs> the children of Israel sat at the brink of a promised destiny, a place that would position them for a future beyond anything they had experienced. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of the fathers. You shall send a man, every one a leader among us. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. So God sends them into this land, this place of potential destiny. And some of you know this story. They went and they spied out the land and they looked at it and they gathered statistics and they gathered and they scouted. The place was truly amazing, a, a paradise. It was the Super Bowl of all places. If there ever was a place 
like the Super Bowl, it would have been Canaan land. It was more than they could have imagined. And the Bible tells us that they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And it says they departed. They came back to Moses and they began to tell him about all the fruit that was in the land. Verse 27, they told him and he said, they said, we went to the land where you sent us and it truly does flow with milk and honey and this, it has fruit. It's a, an amazing place. And while it was a destiny of greatness and paradise beyond anything they had ever had, they were faced with one small detail, and the detail was who they were. While it was a great opportunity, and it was a great place that provided for them a, a next-level experience, they, they had an issue. And the issue was how they saw themselves. Because the next verse tells us, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. The Bible even tells us later they, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. However, there was this one guy who, in spite of the reality, it seemed, of the enemy, he simply said, why not us? We may seem like an underdog in this situation, but God promised it, and we can possess it. And so in verse 30 of 13, Caleb quieted the people before Moses. I see him like a, a, a quarterback. He's quieted them down. He's got something good he's going to say to them. He said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Why not us? We can, we can do this. Today, I believe that churches have a choice on whether they reach their destiny or wander aimlessly in the wilderness. I think churches are faced with the same question that the children of Israel faced when they stood on the brink of God's promises looking into Canaan. Our collective gatherings don't guarantee us God's promises. Our individual experiences don't guarantee our collective success. But here's what I believe today, that we are going to decide that we can take whatever God has prepared for us. We can decide, and we have to decide, if we're going to pursue the promises of God. If we are going to have faith in God's plan for this church, we have to decide if we are going to put our faith in a God who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so what I simply want to ask the Calvary Church today is why not us? 
Why can't we be a church that reaches our destiny under God? Why can't we be a church that fulfills God's promises in our generation? Why can't we be a body of believers in the city of Cincinnati, in the city of Cincinnati that does the improbable and accomplishes the impossible in Christ? Why not us? And what I love about the Calvary Church is that we have been passionate about serving and reaching and pursuing God's promises. Specifically, since 2014, less than 10 years ago, we decided that we would pursue the promises of God specifically. And it was during, in the last 10 years, so if you've shown up to the Calvary Church in the last 10 years, this is all new in the last 10 years or so, less than that. We launched our assimilation classes. We purchased the frontage acre here right along 275. Most people thought that we owned that, but now we own from Ken Road all the way to Route 4, both sides of the highway. We purchased it for mainly for the two acres there. That happened in the last 10 years. We purchased eight acres across the street and 25,000 square feet of buildings we call the Bishop Center. We opened a child care and preschool. We started interpreting our services in French and in Spanish. We launched our life groups. We purchased property in Oxford to start a coffee shop and a church. We started a Spanish-speaking Purpose Institute campus alongside of our English-speaking Purpose Institute. And most recently, we took on a daughter church in Brookville, Indiana. Why? Because we're reaching for the promises of God We're not standing around and saying, oh, that's too much or oh, that's too big. No, we're saying, why not us? Why not us? We're a church. We're a gathering of God's people. Why not us? And so I feel compelled to preach to us today and encourage us today on a really fun Sunday to say if the Bengals can say, why not us? Why can't the Calvary Church just say, why not us? Why can't we be the greatest church in Cincinnati? Why can't we be the greatest church in this region, the most powerful church in this region? I'm telling you today, God's got promises for us. And we can stand like those 10 and say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. We don't have that many people. I don't know. We don't have that much money. I don't know. I just feel like a Caleb spirit needs to get on this church that says, you know what? I know what they look like. I know what this looks like. But I'm telling you, we have the capacity to overcome. We have the capacity to do more for God. And that's what I want to do. That's what I feel that we should do. Why not us? I don't think we've reached our potential. Let me tell you today, Calvary, I don't think we've reached our potential for what God's called us to be in this generation. Maybe you could say we've reached the playoffs, maybe. But maybe we're just in preseason looking at potential that we can't even fathom yet. So I tell and I feel to tell you today, why not us? Why can't we be the greatest church in Cincinnati? Why can't we be the greatest church in Oxford? Why can't we be the greatest church in Brookville? Why not us? Why can't we complete the Bishop Center? Why can't we build a new sanctuary pushing out towards 275? Why can't we have bus routes that bring people here who are less fortunate? 
Why can't we have 24-hour prayer happening every day, every week of the year? Why can't we have a grief share group? Why can't we see people baptized every Sunday and people filled with the Holy Ghost every Sunday? May I say, why can't we see it every day? Because that's what we need to be reaching for. Why not us? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Why not us? Begins with asking yourself, why not you? Why not me? Why not you today? Why not be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Why not be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in new tongues? Why not dedicate your life to the work of God? Why not commit your life to doing God's work? Why not attend Purpose Institute? Why not commit to pray every day? Why not read your Bible every day? Why not fast every week? Why not tithe and give your offerings every week? Why not join a life group? Why not join a ministry team? When the Bengals tied in C.J. Uzuma, ask why not us? Last summer... The Cincinnati faithful asked the same question. Why can't this Bengals squad succeed? Why can't they win the AFC North, win the first playoff game in more than 30 years? But I read recently where CJ Yuzuma said, why not us? makes us sound like we're underdogs. And he thought about it and he said, we're not. In our heart of hearts, we believe we're the best team in the league. Joe Burrow said, I'm tired of the underdog narrative. We're a really, really good team. We're here to make some noise, and teams are going to have to pay attention to us. And so now as they... Prepare for the Super Bowl, the team has adopted another motto besides why not us, and it is, it is us. And herein lies the truth about the church. The church is not the underdog. The church is not a victim. The church is not a long shot. The church is the victor every time. That's why Jesus said, I say to you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I'm giving you keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can I tell you, you're not a part of a team that's an underdog. When you're a part of the church, you're a part of the victor that prevails. Oh, hallelujah. That's why Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for we were killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When I 
was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I didn't become a part of something that might make it. Uh, I didn't become a part of something that was barely just making it by or something that was fragile or something that could be easily broken. Can I tell you, I became a part of the church, uh, a church that will prevail. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm telling you today, it is us. If we want it, it is us. If we'll pay for it, it is us. If we'll sacrifice for it, it is us. We're not the underdog. Can I tell, let me preach to the Calvary Church this morning. I don't want this to get awkward on anybody. And yes, I am hot. Not that way. Let me preach to the Calvary Church this morning. We have what it takes to have an amazing church. Everything in this room, everybody in this room, we have what it takes to be an amazing church. We have what it takes to be a church that impacts this region. Jesus Christ was crowned the victor when he died, was buried, and rose again. And therefore, the victory belongs to the church. Let me preach a little bit now. Let me remind someone today that we are the church of the living God. And Jesus entrusted us with his work on the earth, entrusted us with his work on the earth. And let me remind you that we, now this is going to be hard for you to take, we are the best that God has to offer this world. Think about it. You are the best that God has to offer this world. Had he wanted angels to do his work on the earth, he would have left his angels in charge. But he put the promises of God in the hands of man. And the Bible says that the angels desire to look into it. If we believed that we were God's best in this world, I think we might live different. I want to preach to you. We are the best that this generation has. Because we're not called to be the 1968 version of the Calvary Church. We're not called, that's when our church started. We're not called to be the 1972 version of the Calvary Church when we moved to Kemper Road in Springdale. We're not even called to be the 1999 version of the Calvary Church that moved into this building. We are called to be the 2022 version of the Calvary Church. And we are called to be powerful, mighty in the spirit. We're called to be dedicated and consecrated to his work. And that's hard for me to fathom. 
but somebody's got to get a hold of it. You are the best that God has to offer this world. You are the best that God has to offer this world. He did not make a mistake when he saved you. He did not make a mistake when he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He did not make a mistake when he saved you from the, the pit of sin and addiction. No, you were the best. You were the best. Oh, hallelujah. It is us. Somebody say, it is us. We are not called to recreate Azusa Street Revival. We are called to have a mighty outpouring of God's spirit that impacts this generation. That's going to come from this generation. We are not the underdogs. We are the called out, blood-bought, redeemed child of God. And Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. He said, go therefore and make disciples. Go therefore and baptize. Go therefore and teach. He thought you were the best that he could offer this world. It is us who will see the greatest revival the Calvary Church has ever known. It is us that will see the greatest revival in Cincinnati, in Oxford, Brookville, or wherever else God wants us to go. And I'll say it, I've said it before. God needs a church in downtown Cincinnati. He needs a bunch of churches in downtown Cincinnati. All over this region, God needs churches. He needs us to be who we're called to be. And we can stand on the sidelines like those 10 and say, ah, oh, man, we're barely making it here. I don't know. Or we can say like Caleb said, I think we're able to overcome it. Why not us? Because it is us. He has entrusted us with his gospel. He has entrusted us with his power and his spirit. I tell young people all the time, if God gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost, if he empowered you with his spirit, that means he trusted you with his most treasured possession. And that meant you are capable of doing something for God. The gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. Think about the impact that that can have. In the world today. And he said, I'm giving it to you. This treasure in earthen vessel. And I believe this can be the best church that's ever existed. So how is that possible? Well, we make the church a priority. And I don't know how else to say it. I don't think the Bengals... Players at this point regret any practice they ever attended. I don't think they ever regret any workout that they attended when nobody was watching. And they got out of their bed at five in the morning, made their way to the gym, no one watching. I don't think they regret it. And I don't think you'll ever regret the time, attention, and money that you invest in the kingdom of God. You'll never regret it. We need everyone. We need everyone. To be who God's called us to be. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Verse 19. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 20, but now indeed there are many members, yet one 
body. To do what we're called to do, we need everyone to be who they're called to be. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Every member, every member being who they're supposed to be. And when you are saved, you are a part of the body of Christ. And my challenge to you is if you are a member of the body of Christ, you should be doing something to help the body. Amen. When certain parts of the body don't work, it impacts the whole body. I looked up stats last night and saw that at the Calvary Church, 70% of our members are involved in ministry. That means 30% of people who consider themselves members here are not, in the last six months, have not served on a ministry team. I knew it was going to get tight. That's why I was happy and hyped. It's just a reality. It's a picture. Because I believe we can be an amazing church. I don't know. Some of you have faced situations in your life where you've lost parts of your body or you've faced a situation where you became handicapped. And there are challenges to that. And I, I personally don't think that God wants us to work with just 70% of our body. Imagine if 30% of your body didn't work. I, you know, we could pick out whatever, but 30%, 30%, that's a large number. So I'm putting the chat, I'm not preaching to any of our guests. Thank, would you appreciate our guests for being here today? I'm just preaching to people who went through membership class and signed a member covenant that said they were a part of our church. I'm telling you, of that 30%, 30%. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad compared to other churches across the country because I don't have their stats. But I was challenged by that a little bit because I was like, man, no body, no physical body functions really well working at 70%. And so my challenge for us is that if we want to reach to be the amazing church and reach the promises of God, I think we're going to have to do more than 70% of the people in this church doing ministry to the body of Christ. And so, I have one question for you today. One question. Who day? <laughs> Who day? Starting in the early 1980s, the Bengals fans began chanting, Who day? As a way to invoke energy and enthusiasm about their team. I want Greg Meadows to come up here today. Because I do have some boundaries in my life. 
And I'm not going to dare try to do the who they chant. But do you know the who they chant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's going to lead those who want to, 70% of you or so. 70% of you we're gonna, are going to do the who they chant. I want to change it up a little bit. I want to change okay. the, I want to do the who day, but who they going to beat our Jesus? Nobody. All right. Let's do it that way. Okay. How about that? That's, that, that's fine. All right. Yeah, it's awesome. Who day? Who day? Who day say going to beat our Jesus? Who day? Who day? Who day say going to beat our Jesus? Nobody. All right. There you go. Thank you, Brother Greg. The chant is really a question. Who they? Who are they? Who do they think they are coming against our team? So my question for us today is who they? Who's going to overcome the church? Who's going to overthrow the church? Who's going to stop the church? I've said this before, but let me remind you, history tells us that hell has tried to stop the church through every imaginable and unimaginable way, but the gates of hell will not prevail. Persecution won't stop the church. The death of the apostles won't stop the church. False doctrine won't stop the church. War couldn't stop the church and won't stop the church. Councils couldn't stop the church. Thrones and dominions couldn't stop the church. Delusion couldn't stop the church. Sickness couldn't stop the church. The death of a church leader, a pastor, or a saint won't stop the church. But the church prevailed. And can I tell you today, this culture won't stop the church. Our government system won't stop the church. A dreadful economy or a prosperous economy won't stop the church. Oh, hallelujah. Threats aren't going to stop it. Technology won't stop it. A diagnosis won't stop it. Hallelujah. It won't stop the church. But let's get a little bit more pointed. You can stand with me. My question for you today is who day? Who day? Who are they in your life? Who stands in the way of you realizing God's purpose and plan for your life? Who day? Are they fear? Is it worry? Is it doubt? Is it temptation? Is it shame? Is it guilt? Is it discontentment? Is it hurt? I'm reminded of the prophet Isaiah. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Somebody needs to condemn those voices. Somebody needs to have a who day party on your enemy to say, no, you don't get the final say. You don't get the victory today. Somebody needs to do it, Brother Bruce. Somebody needs to do the icky shuffle on their... Somebody needs to do the icky shuffle on their enemy today. Because there is no weapon formed against us that is going to prosper. I don't know if you believe that. But I believe it today. That there's no weapon that's formed against you that can prosper over your life. So why not us? 
It is us. And somebody say, who day? Amen. I believe in this church. And I believe in you individually and collectively. I'm thankful for the opportunity to pastor an amazing church that has a legacy and an amazing history. But the best has yet to come. The best is yet to come. So I am calling everyone today who calls this your church. If you're a member of this church, I want you to make a commitment today that this is my church. And I'm going to make this the best church that there is in the world. With my attendance, with my commitment, with my giving, I'm going to do it because we have a promise in front of us. As a congregation, we have territory that we haven't even seen yet. I'm telling you right now, there are things that, that I've yet to see, you haven't yet seen, that I believe God has prepared for us. But we're left with a choice. As I said, every church has a choice. Just like the children of Israel had a choice. And at the end of the day, God told the ten, I'm sorry. You don't believe it. It's not you. It's not you because you don't believe it. But God didn't punish Caleb. He didn't punish Joshua. He said, I've got a promise still for you. The Bible says that Joshua, in verse Numbers 26, 65, the Lord said to them, they shall surely die in the wilderness, the ten and all of those, that generation. So there was not left a man of them except Caleb and Joshua. So I say to us tonight or today, why not us? I don't want to spend my years wandering in church wilderness. I want to be reaching for the promises of God. We were made for this. and We were built for this. We were created for this. So I challenge you to consecrate yourselves for it. I want to pray for you before I invite us to come. Lord, I come to you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity, God, to be challenged by your word. We, Lord, are God just enjoying this time in our city we're enjoying the festiveness of what this brings for our culture. But, Lord, there's a, a principle at stake here, Lord, and you're calling us as a congregation on this super team Sunday, God, to, to reflect and to say, God, what kind of church can we be? What kind of church can we be? God, I pray for our ministry leaders, our ushers, and our first impressions, Lord, and our children's ministry and music ministry and our tech teams, Lord. I pray, God, that you would allow us to work together to see your will accomplished, Lord, in this city and around the world. God, through the ministry that we do, I thank you for our Celebrate Recovery. I thank you for the opportunities, Lord, in Oxford and Brookville, Lord. But I'm praying today that something would get in our heart that would say, why not us? God, that we are well able to overcome any obstacle that we would find in our lives. Help us to overcome the enemy that would bring shame and guilt and fear. Lord, we surrender our lives to you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.